Welcome to the Underdog Podcast, where we talk G5 football and only G5 football for Underdog Dynasty, SB Nation's G5 football community. This is another Conference USA edition of the show, and this one we're going to break down some of the craziness that happened in Week 9, and then look forward to Week 10 as we are in the thick of it in terms of divisional championship races. Uh, With me this morning, Satchel Ziffer, former kicker punter for Old Dominion. How are you this morning, sir? I'm good. I hope everyone else is having a great day. As I take a sip of my coffee in agreement, uh, if I didn't say so already, I am Joe Lonergan, Western Kentucky blogger over at Underdog Dynasty. Um, looking forward to talking about what happened with the Tops this week, and they have a big one this week and an SEC opponent, so that'll be fun. But first, the other teams. Um, let's jump into the Week 9 recap, shall we? Uh, FIU taking down Marshall 41-30. to Panthers were really in control of this entire game, actually had a 28-7 lead at the half. FIU QB receiver duo of Alex McGow and Thomas Owens actually really lit it up. McGow was 14 of 18, 177 yards, two touchdown passes. Owens, seven catches for 114 yards and two TDs. Uh, kind of a rough day for Marshall QB Chase Litton. He threw for 363 yards and two TDs, but he also lost a fumble and threw two picks. So one of those actually got returned for a TD by FIU corner Brad Muhammad. I believe he actually won a Conference USA Defensive Player of the Week this week. Um, FIU now 5-2 and two off of the best start in school history. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they impressed. That was an impressive win. Um, I remember just, I wasn't watching the game, but I remember just looking at the score and being like, what the heck is happening? It feels like the whole world is changing and not for the better. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> the world is turning and leaving us here, as uh, yes. I think it was Weezer that said that. Anyway, 90s music. Um, next one, Louisiana Tech, 42, <clears throat> Rice, 28. Uh, this game was actually tied with about four and a half minutes left to play. Then Tech goes up 35 to 28 with a minute left, and then Rice throws a pick six. So that kind of sealed it for the Bulldogs. Tech now back to 500 at four and four. Such an important win for them there as they are really battling to get into a bowl game. And also of note in that one, uh, Louisiana Tech kicker John Barnes, now the all-time leading point scorer in Conference USA history. Yeah, and shout-out to uh, Spearman for trying to tell me that their special teams was better than our special teams. <laughs> that That's silly, Goose. He knew that they weren't. But, uh, yeah, we kind of talked about Barnes being, like, the best kicker in the country, or at least in the conference, but... He's only he's he's kind of struggling these last few weeks. 14 of 19 now in the season. So we'll see how he goes forward. But congratulations on winning that. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Kind of a rough rough couple of weeks for Barnes, but an impressive career to date, no doubt. So hopefully he can uh, pull it together a little bit. And who knows? He might have to make a clutch kick or two to kind of get the Bulldogs those last two wins to get them bowl eligible. It's good to see Louisiana Tech at least, you know, pull out a close game. I mean, they've kind of lost these close games these last two weeks, so it was nice to see them win one. Good for them. Yeah, yeah. And Rice actually looks significantly better than what they have. I mean, they, they, in the end, they still blew it, but I mean, they, they put up 28 and they were right there with less than five minutes to go in a game. So there's that. We'll go ahead and move on to the big one. That happened this week in uh, Bowling Green, FAU 42, Western Kentucky 28. Honestly, this is pretty much what I saw happening based on the last few weeks. Devin Singletary was just completely dominant once again. 36 carries, uh, 244 yards, four touchdowns. FAU defense played great, too. Give them a lot of credit. They picked off uh, Mike White twice 
first interception of the year for DB's Andrew Sorrow and Herb Miller. Great name, by the way. Uh, all things considered, I was actually relatively happy with how Western Kentucky played. Pass protection was much better. Mike White only got hurried twice, only got sacked twice. Uh, White himself was 32 of 56 for 371 yards uh, through two TDs. They were really back to spreading the ball around, trying to create scoring opportunities that way. So I think that's a step in the right direction. And uh, But defensively, Western has been pretty good against the run this year, but FAU just absolutely picked them apart in that regard, which I think is a testament to how good FAU really is. Yeah, I mean, obviously they're an impressive team. The one thing that I can that I don't think, um, you know, really didn't work in the favor is that uh, Western Kentucky's uh, most valuable player from the week before didn't show up this week, and that was just kind of disappointing. Their, so. their most important player from last week being the referee. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I figured something like that was coming. Um, no, I mean, a better day for Western. FAU just absolutely rolling right now. They're right in the thick of it with Marshall for the Conference USA uh, Well, think about it. FIU, man. That game's yeah. going to be really good. Yeah, yeah. The Battle of the Florida Schools is extremely important, as is the game this week, uh, between FAU and Marshall. Uh, Florida Atlantic now leading the uh, Conference USA East in wins with their 4-0, 5-3 in conference play, or 4-0 in conference play, 5-3 overall, I should say. Marshall, uh, 3-1 in conference play, 6-2 overall. And then FIU right there, too, 3-1 in conference play, 5-2 overall. This is this is going to be an exciting one as it as it winds down in the East. I mean, kind of this week will lead to what how important that FAU-FIU game is because I don't see either of them losing, losing anyone other than each other or FAU to Marshall this week. So it'll be really interesting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, we'll preview that one a little bit later in the show. Um, but for now, we'll go ahead and move on to North Texas taking down Old Dominion 45-38. to uh, Big day for Mason Fine, 309 yards and a TD to Rico Bussey Jr. Uh, rushing leader for the Mean Green in this one was not Jeffrey Wilson, but freshman Nick Smith uh, with 18 carries for 71 yards and two TDs. Um, ODU was really just right there until the very end, but the Monarchs' last four drives were fumble, turnover on downs, turnover on downs, turnover on downs. Um, so uh, kind of took themselves out of contention with those last four drives. But, uh, Satchel, what did you think of your, your guys in that one? Uh, if you're going to give a team a chance, the chance to stay in a game, and they ODU's done that now for two weeks in a row, mm-hmm. um, you're going you're gonna to lose. I mean, you're going to give them you – know, I don't know really what's happening. I don't know why they're like not closing out these games the way they we have been able to these last few years. Um, usually, we're the stronger team going into the fourth quarter. This year, it seems like the opposite. Um, so, I, I mean, I don't really. I mean, we shouldn't have been in this game much at all, anyways. Other than the fact that you know, early in the game, Isaiah Harper had two touchdown kickoff touchdown returns, mm-hmm. and that kind of just kept us in it. And then our defense just forcing random turnovers. So, at this point, I'm depleted. We have to, we have to go four and zero to go to a bowl game, and FIU looks way too good to do that. So, yeah, it's been a little bit of a rough year for Old Dominion. They dropped to two and six overall. Still looking for that first conference win. Jumping into the next game that was UAB 30, USM 12. I was a little surprised at this result. This is the first road win of the year for the Blazers. Uh, QB AJ Erdely 
was 16 to 29 for 208 yards and a touchdown. Early also ran for a score. Uh, Spencer Brown picked up 209 yards on the ground plus a touchdown. Another great day for him. And then UAB corner Darius Williams also had a pick six go. So good job by him. UAB is now just one win away from a bowl in their first year back in FBS. Uh, silver lining for USM, I guess. Uh, they signed a apparel deal with Adidas this week, so no more Russell Athletic for you guys. Yay. Aww. That's cool, at least. <laughs> I yeah. mean, we kind of talked about that earlier, how they'd probably switch over at some point soon. So, cool. That's yep. good. Um, yeah, I mean, I wasn't really surprised. I mean, I picked UAB to win this game, so mm-hmm. just I mean, Sastra Damas is coming back. I mean, Satchel it's been a bad Thomas. week. Is that what it's it been is? a bad week for Sastra Damas? <laughs> you know, four, four of six, I think, this week. So, an unfortunate. Or three of six. Ooh. Or no, four of six, four of six. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I, I, I knew, I know UAB's good and I knew they've been struggling. So I think they really needed to get that win under their belt. And after last week's debacle, they needed this. So, good job. <laughs> Go Blazers. There you go. Uh, and then they come back home this week. Uh, so looking more and more likely that they're going to lock up that bill eligibility. So. Yeah, which would be fun. Yeah. Fun time. Keep it rocking in Birmingham. Um, and then the last game from week nine that we should talk about, UTSA 31, UTEP 14. Uh, UTEP really not able to get much going in this one yet again, just 10 first downs for them here. Uh, Dalton Stern for UTSA, 18 of 30 for 188 yards and one touchdown through the air. Also had 670, uh, not 600 yards. Um, (laughs) also had 67 yards rushing. Um, and Jalen Rhodes, UTSA running back also contributed to rushing TDs on 67 yards. So, uh, solid outing for UTSA. UTEP drops to 0 and 8. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even really know what to add. I mean, UTSA didn't even play that well in that game. I mean, right. you're playing the worst team in the conference by a long shot, and you're just not even able to, like, I mean, they struggled. They struggled for most of the game. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't like this was a blowout win. No. I mean, you should be winning this game, UTSA. You guys were supposed to, like, at the beginning of the season, four games into the game, season, you were the best team in the conference, and now you're just – Ugh. I mean, I don't know what's ha- what's happening there. That's kind of changing the whole perspective for that team. But Jesus, yeah, Put a little t- bit. They yeah. they're eking out wins um, for the ones that they have had in the last few weeks. Five and two overall now. Two and two in uh, Conference USA West there. Um, so, I mean, I they'll they'll get a bowl, no doubt. But oh yeah, yeah I mean, just well, that's actually you don't know, man. It's gonna come down to that Louisiana Tech game, I think. Because if you really think about it, FIU this week, UAB in two, in two weeks, Marshall in three weeks, and then it'll come down to that Louisiana Tech game. That's true. If they only need I don't, to win, if they only need to win one of those, I mean, FIU is a tough one, and then yeah, these these you have a valid point. They're all tough games, so yeah. So that's 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 where it gets a little questionable, and they're not playing well. If they were playing how they were at the beginning of the season, I'd say yeah, easy. They're gonna win one of those. Not anymore. Yep. And that and that's not even a tribute to them that's not being good. At more a tribute to the fact that oh, I can't even think of it. The league, I mean, the league's the, much the league in general. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm seeing that the freshman kicker Jared Sackett is on the Lou Groza Award semifinalist list. Congratulations, freshman. Cool stuff. <laughs> there you go. Is that is that kind of harder to do when you're a younger guy as a kicker? 
I mean, there's like 70 people that get on the list, but okay. still, it's 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 cool to be at least nominated for that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do you have anything you wanted to touch on before we jump into previews for Week 10, Satchel? Uh, French Toast Crunch is a really good cereal. If you like French Toast Crunch, go out to the store and buy some. This is not an advertisement. It could no, be. <laughs> General Mills. Start your day off right with a nice bowl of French Toast Crunch. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> no, I don't know. I'm kind of casually eating French Toast Crunch as we're doing this. So <laughs> <laughs> It's the beauty of not having to be in front of a camera. You can casually exactly. just exactly. munch in between breaths and... Yeah, I was telling you I have this conference call later today. Mm-hmm. Um, I tend to just dress in like a nice shirt and then just sit below just my underwear, you know. So oh, yeah. shout out to my clients if you <laughs> you're probably seeing me with no underwear or with un- only underwear on. So <laughs> that really is like the beauty of working from home, though. It's just like oh, it's the best part. Every day is I schedule mean, Friday. Yeah, I mean, I miss certain aspects, and I'm like, up. I'm, I've been looking in, into like jobs within like college football, like so, like mm-hmm. hopefully I find something at some point. But for the time being, this is not the worst thing in the world at all. No, not at all. The dress code policy at your office yes. sounds pretty great. Um, nap, nap, nap time is also pretty fantastic. Oh yeah, can't so. forget that mandatory. Siesta. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's All right. get to week Ted. Let's do it. Um, Marshall at FAU, 6 p.m. local time on Friday there. Uh, CBS Sportsnet, national TV for this one. Uh, both teams have played really well this year, but I think I have to pick Florida Atlantic here, honestly, because Devin Singletary is just crushing people, and the past events is continuing to play really well too. So I think if Chase Litton can, comes out and has another kind of roughish day like he did last week, then I think Marshall drops another one. Yeah, it'll be interesting to kind of see where they go because I think Marshall's strong point is their um, their run defense. I don't think their pass defense is strong. So that'll be the interesting thing. And um, I'm not really sure. Did FIU run the ball well or pass the ball well? Yeah, they ran the ball well. So it's going to be an interesting thing to see if um, how you know Lane Kiffin approaches this game. If he's going to just just try and you know throw it down a th- or run it down the throat, or if he's going to try and mix in you know. Uh, Driscoll to throw the ball and then mix it up so that that defense is on its toes at all times. Yeah, so well, I mean that's good. that's another thing. Since Marshall's defense has played so well, this will be another be- another good test for Jason Driscoll because I was yeah. a little. I mean, Western's defense defended the pass pretty well against him. Um, they've they've had pretty solid luck ever since they changed to a four two five. But um, I, I think Marshall's just a little bit better. So. You know, we'll see if he can get it better. See if he can continue to play as well as he has. <clears throat> English. <laughs> <laughs> it's only my first language. Yeah. Um, I think FAU wins, though. Yeah, yeah. So we're in agreement on that one. Um, we might not be in agreement on this next one, though. Western at Vandy, uh, 11 a.m. local time on Saturday in Nashville. Another national TV game. This is one is on ESPNU. Don't uh, say you're going with Western here. I'm, oh, my God. Joe, come on. <laughs> Joe, don't do it. You're, um, you're being a silly goose if you think Western's <laughs> going to win this one. I mean, here's the thing, though. Vandy's coming off of five straight losses, albeit to pretty good teams. They're not, like, that spectacular in really any aspect of their game here. They have a pretty good quarterback in uh, Kyle Schirmer, but uh, again, they're just not really particularly great at anything, and I think if they can contain that QB, which, I mean, they've done pretty well in that regard 
since they flipped the switch after the first like three games or so. I I'm I'm rolling with Western this one. I think they pull it out in a really close game. Well, for your sake, I hope they do win, but I do not think they will win this one. I think I think the difference for me is that when I see these Power Five versus G Five, I got to see both worlds. Yeah. <laughs> Even if I was at the lower tier of both, I got to see the differences. Sure. And they're big. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot. Yeah. So. Like I, I, I could see the best team from like a G five, other than like me, you know, from like one of the like smaller G five, not the American, mm-hmm. against one of the worst teams in like you know Power five, and I'd still have problems picking the G five team solely on the basis of it's just such a difference in like speed, size, strength, how much they're allowed to give their kids, like everything, man. I was getting like, I was getting like. $2,000 every two weeks for food at BC. That yeah. included my training table. At at ODU, we got like $1,000 for the semester. Wow. <laughs> and that like, is, I, wasn't yeah. star- I wasn't starving at ODU. Like, I had all the food I needed, ever. Right. Like, they gave us free food. They It was a lot of, they did everything they could. It's just the amount of money they can afford, it's so different. And like, the what the resources they can give, it's just crazy different. So, yeah. it's just a huge difference in what you can get. I mean, that's very true. But in the series with between Western and Vanderbilt, they played each of the last two years. They played in mm-hmm. 2015 and 2016. In 2015, Western actually won 14 to 12 in Nashville, and then last year, Vanderbilt only won by one in Bowling Green. Yeah, but Joe, I'm t- sorry, you're. You, this isn't the same Western team, man. It's very similar, though. I it's mean, they don't, not. They, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, right. I just hey, that's the difference. If you if you had your team from 2014 or 2015, I'd be like, yeah, you're gonna win. But yeah. it's just I don't know, man. I just don't think this this team you're they're going against SEC caliber linemen now. Like it's gonna be there. Look for Mike White to get. You know he's gonna get hit. A couple of times, like bad. Well, sure. Man, yeah. yeah. All right. And I think that's the that's the lo and behold difference because I think you guys might have some of the skill guys that can match up with some of theirs, mm-hmm. but the D line, man. All right. So we'll we'll agree to disagree on that one. Trying to beat the optimism out of me, and I just won't let you. But we'll see what yeah, happens. So. It'll be a good game. Um, next one on the docket: Rice at UAB. Uh, 2 p.m. local time in Birmingham there. Uh, Rice, like I was kind of talking about, have been playing a little bit better as of late, but I, I think UAB kind of takes this one, and they get that sixth win, and they go to a bowl game. Yeah, it'll be an interesting game, to say the least. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I think we're both are, – are, are you taking UAB as well, I take it? Yeah, I'm taking UAB, yeah. Okay. Sorry. No, you're fine. Uh, Charlotte. Wait, Apple. you want? Wait, you want the? You want our bet? By the way, to be that Vanny Western Kentucky game? <laughs> Not really. What? It depends on what the bet is. I don't know, man. I have some really funny things that I could. Hmm. Let's just make it on that game, and I'll, we'll figure out winner gets to choose the punishment. It can't be anything terrible, though. All right. All right. Fine. Yes. All right. So Western, don't let me down. All right. Um, yes. Charlotte at Old Dominion is the next game at uh, 3.30 p.m. local time in Norfolk, Virginia. Catch that one on ESPN3. Um, Satchel, I think your boys get their first conference win of the year, and they, they beat the lowly 49ers at home. I freaking hope so, man. It's letter winner's day, too. 
So all like 40 ODU <laughs> alumni are coming back. Actually, I'm just kidding. And there's probably going to be like five of us. But anyways, um, yeah, it'll be an interesting game. I mean, I, I, they need the win. And I think ODU's definitely been playing better mm-hmm. these last few weeks. So maybe, you know, it's kind of starting to come together, especially for Stevie Williams, who's just having a shitty year. And I don't know. Uh, might not be the answer. And I, I'm not supposed to say the S word on here, but whatever, man. I, mean, I, <laughs> I, I think I dropped one earlier. So yeah, you did. You but, did. Uh, <laughs> um, but if we're talking about Charlotte's chances here, I, I mean, it all comes back to Hassan Clue having to have a good game. I mean, he is. Yeah. And well, and, and, and that's where I see we could lose the game is if he does play, if they kind of use him to his like their advantage, which is that you know that kind of option, triple option that they kind of run, kind of. Um, yeah. Um, but just to kind of tag on to what you said there, Charlotte number four rushing offense in the league, Old Dominion's rushing defense twelfth in the league. So if again, if Hassan Clue can get it going and that rushing attack can be as good as they can be, they might have a shot. But I'm picking Old Dominion in that one. Um, sounds like you are too. I am, but at the same time, I'm so I'm so skeptical because I just don't think we can defend the run, and we can't. I mean, we let like the core. <laughs> we just we're just not that good, man. And like last like two or last week against North Texas, we let Mason Fine run for like nine yards to on a pivotal third down that we should have gotten him in the backfield, and it's just. That's where I'm a little nervous. I mean, I, I don't I don't know, man. I, it'll be an interesting game. I think ODU pulls it out, but I don't think it's like a cakewalk. No, not at all, especially since they're facing another mobile quarterback. Um, and then we'll jump into North Texas at Louisiana Tech. Uh, 2.30 local time in Ruston. Uh, no national TV there, but I, I think North Texas takes this one. They are kind of back to playing really well. Um, Tech's defense has been solid, but I, I just think North Texas is a little, I, you know, I don't know. Cause I think I'm, I don't, I'm a I don't little, think North Texas is that good. Yeah. I mean, I'm a little, cause if you would ask me in the first, after the first three weeks of the season, I would have said North Texas was going to be a front runner to win the league. But in the last you know three or so weeks, they've, they've kind of shown, like you said, they're not that, good because they got demolished by FAU. They barely pulled last week's game out against, no offense, a, not a very good old Dominion team. So I, I don't know what to make of this one. And I think Louisiana Tech is like kind of on the other end where I don't think they're that good either, but they're on a little bit of an upswing. You know what I mean? So Yeah, and I, I, I just think being at home, having the home base, home field advantage, which isn't really anything in CUSA unless you're playing an ODU apparently. Because just so you guys all know, you other than Southern Miss, there was not a single stadium I went to that was actually filled or even halfway filled mm. in CUSA, and that's still a problem today. And after watching that game at North Texas, it was just kind of depressing to watch because there were so few pay- people there. So get your acts together, people. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think at the end of the day uh, – I think Louisiana Tech can pull that one out, and I think they do. All right, yeah, I I'm gonna I'm gonna tentatively tentatively agree with you and say Louisiana Tech takes that one. But did you say Old Dominion usually gets a full stadium? Yeah. Well, I mean, why do you think that is compared to the other uh, teams in this well, league? Well, we're smaller. Our, our we're stadium. Smaller. Smaller. Yeah. But we also, I mean, we have no other sports within a 300 mile radius of us. 
Really? <laughs> There's no that far out. Wow. I mean, yeah, we're 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 the only thing that Norfolk has to offer, Virginia Beach has to offer, other than the beach, is we have the world's largest naval base. Hmm. That's all it is. Dang. We're we're four hours away from DC. We're four hours away from Raleigh, Charlotte, all those places. Mm-hmm. There's nothing anything close. We have no other professional sports teams other than a hockey team that is pretty garbage. Um, so, yeah, uh, ODU. Once they brought it back, it was like it was kind of just obvious that it was going to become big because of the fact that there's nothing else around here. Hmm. So, all right. Well, I mean, yeah, those kind of factors when you put them all together, that that kind of explains it. So yeah, that's why, and that's why we were able to kind of ascend so fast in the FCS or FBS was because of the fact that we, I mean, we have a huge television market too. I mean, it's huge, and mm-hmm. so it's just kind of it's it's interesting, and that's where it's kind of interesting where we're gonna go from here because we we're getting this we're gonna eventually get a new stadium, eventually. I don't know when that's gonna be because it was supposed to get started last year. So yeah, whatever, but. Yeah, I, 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 and I don't understand why some of these other schools don't have packed houses all the time, and even not even a lot of fans. I mean, it's just unfortunate, in my opinion. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So hopefully the fan support for this league continues to grow, and we get uh, we get more teams with full stadiums in, because that that just makes it more entertaining to watch. Um, yeah. yeah, and then uh, we'll move on to UTSA at Florida International, 7 p.m. in Miami. I am taking FIU. They are playing really, really tough right now. They are at home, and like I don't know what the weather's supposed to be like for this weekend, but if it's raining, then I think UTSA is in for some trouble. And I mean, I don't know. They're just one of these teams where they're just continuing to find ways to win against pretty good teams. I mean, all credit to uh, Butch jo- Butch Jones, right? Not Butch, not obviously not Butch Davis. Yeah. 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 Okay. So. Yeah, all credit to what Butch Jones has put together down there. I mean, I, I think they're going to take this one against uh, UTSA. Wait, I think we had it the wrong way. One sec. Dude, yeah, I know. Butch Jones is the one from Tennessee. Butch Davis is right. FIU. Okay, so <laughs> awkwardly splice myself saying <laughs> Butch, da- yeah, Butch Davis then. You shot and you went the wrong way with it. It's fine. Uh, it right. the- yeah, yeah, I know. FIU is going to win this game. Um like I said, UTSA isn't playing that impressively. It's going to come down to a late. It's going to come down to a final game, I think, for them. Uh, we'll see. But FIU by at least three touchdowns. Um, I hmm, three touch. I don't know that it's going to be that margin, but I do think they pull out the win here. Um, and then we'll just jump into UTEP at Middle Tennessee. This one is a little interesting for the fact that I, I do think middle Tennessee is going to win, but they're down to their QB three here. Uh, Brent stock skill, uh, stock still rather, um, as people have corrected me before, um, it's just my tongue tripping over itself, but their QB one, um, still recovering from a collarbone injury. And then John Arzua had, uh, another concussion this week. So his football career is actually done. He is walking away from the game. So obviously we wish him well. That's, that's really tough to hear. Um, but just for the Blue Raiders, they're you know they're down to a quarterback that has played very very little, and luckily they're playing a bad team to kind of break him in. Yeah, it'll be kind of interesting to see. I mean, who is it? Kyle Banks, right? Yeah, I'm gonna assume it's Kyle Banks. I mean, the the thing that's gonna have to happen is they're gonna have to have Brad Anderson, the running back, just kind of really kind of 
allow for him to grow into the role and, you know, so that he has some time to kind of, like, you know, learn the offensive packages because he's been with scout team. He was probably with scout team for the first four weeks. And these last four weeks of John Arzua starting, he's probably been with second team. So he's been taking reps, but at the same time, he hasn't had the reps with the first team. So it'll be interesting now to see what happens. This game's going to be interesting because I think Middle Tennessee isn't that good either. And now that they have a quarterback at all, like no competency, um, it could be it could be an interesting game. If I mean, I think this just turned into UTEP's best chance to get a win before the end of the year, honestly. But I I, I still think Middle Tennessee is going to get it. 6:30 p.m. in Murfreesboro, no national TV for that one. Um, and then the last no, one, UTEP sorry. wins this one. I'm going with them. Let's Middle- go, Myers. You're going with UTEP. I, I'm going with the Miners. All I right. Think the miners pull it out. <laughs> Somebody believes in you, UTEP. <laughs> Good news. Shout um, out. There you go. Southern Miss at Tennessee, the last one on the docket. Uh, 6.30 p.m. in uh, Knoxville, Tennessee. There on the SEC Network. Also catch it on the Watch ESPN app. I don't know. What do you think about this one? Um, Tennessee's awful, mm-hmm. but Southern Miss is an Impressing, and like I said, it's hard for me to choose any any G five over a Power five, especially when it's the SEC. I don't think Southern Miss wins, but I think they keep it a game for maybe the first two and a half quarters, and then okay. Tennessee kind of pulls away. Okay, so. I can see that happening. Uh, by the way, I do need to correct something. This one is at seven thirty local time because Knoxville is on the East Coast time zone, as I thought they were in the Central. That's my fault. So seven thirty p.m. Southern Miss at Tennessee. SEC Network. Um, yeah, I kind of agree with you. I I think this one is going to be relatively close. I think Tennessee is going to dig this one out and um, delay um, Butch Davis's fate. Davis, right? He's the Tennessee yeah. one. Okay. Yeah. I oh think- no, Butch Jones. Butch Son- Jones. All right. <laughs> yeah, I think Tennessee manages to pull this one out and delay Butch Jones's fate of getting fired uh, by another week. So. I think that's more or less what we're going to see. And like you said, Southern Miss isn't really that – hasn't been that impressive the last couple of weeks. So Yeah. SNC East is losing coaches left and right. Yeah, exactly, because now that McIlwain's gone and uh, – who's the other one? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so that wraps up. Who do you think is going to get the McIlwain job? Who's going to do the next Florida coach? Yeah. Hmm. You know, I don't know. People, like, threw out Willie Taggart for a second, and I thought that was kind of interesting because I don't mean – I don't know why he would leave Oregon this soon, but at the same time, when he first came out here, there was an interview on Portland Sports Radio with him where he was talking about how uh, mad his family was (laughs) that they were leaving Florida because they had, like, bought a house, like, two weeks before or something like that. Yeah, I – I don't know. The thing is, I don't think I don't think we sh- or UF should take him anyways. No, uh, he's not been like a fantastic coach. I mean, they're like four and four or something, right? Like, yeah, they yeah. Oregon's had some quarterback injury troubles as well, but yeah, so yeah I, we'll see. I think I think if you're going to take a coach, you take Den Mullen uh, from Mississippi State. Yes, yeah, and I think there's a couple reasons. Dan Mullen, I think, would love to come back. I mean, he was. He wanted the Florida job for a while. He was the Florida offensive coordinator for two national championships during the Tebow and Chris Lee era. Um, 
he's he's he knows how to develop a quarterback. I mean, he had Braxton or he had Dak Dak Prescott. Uh, he had that kid last year, and then so there's that's that question's out of the book. He knows how to develop a quarterback, which we need desperately since we haven't freaking had one since Tebow. And I say we because my whole family went to Florida. I've been to a lot of Florida events, a lot of Florida games in basketball and football and baseball. So mm-hmm. I'm going with we here. Um, so I think Dan Mullen gets it. If not him, I'd love for them to see if they could get Charlie Strong. That'd be sweet. Oh, yeah. Because Char- he has roots in Florida too, right? He was the defensive coordinator. Yeah. Yeah. So for when Dan Mullen was the offensive coordinator. So I think the only thing holding him back from doing that is because of the whole debacle at Texas of not, like, succeeding there. Yeah, I think part of that was just dumb expectations on the part of Texas, too, in my well, opinion. And also just, well, and my whole thing was he got to Texas right when, when Baylor and Texas A&M were just thriving, and TCU were all thriving. Yeah. So it made recruiting a lot harder than it usually is. That's so. true. I don't know. I, I like Charlie Strong quite a bit. So if he gets yeah. that job, best of luck to him. But at the same time, yeah. I don't know. He doesn't it'll need be, that stress in his life. <laughs> yeah. So it'll, just, it'll be interesting, to say the least, going forward with them, with that. Because I honestly wanted him to have Steve Spurrier. They I wanted them to make Steve Spurrier the interim head coach for the time being, just because that would be funny. Mm-hmm. And it'd be save, it would save the year from like the embarrassment it's been so far. Yeah. Because you know, <coughs> Steve just an idol. He's a legend in Florida. So, yeah, that would have been really entertaining. I'm a huge Spurrier fan. All right, so that wraps up week ten previews. Do you have a question of the week? I do not. Not this week. Okay. All right. So, so there you go. We'll we'll go ahead and wrap it up then, and maybe we'll do two questions of the week next week. We'll see. Yeah, something like that. All right, cool. Um, and we're betting on Western Kentucky at Vanderbilt, correct? Yeah. All right, so we'll figure out what the punishment for that is. Um, if you haven't already, uh, go check out what Satchel's punishment was for last week. I photoshopped an image of uh, the kid from Up holding up the score to the North Texas at uh, or North Texas Old Dominion game. I thought I was pretty clever for that one. Um, that's his Twitter profile picture. Check it out. Um, and, and mine was gonna, mine was going to be so good too. Uh, what just you got to tell me what it was now. I was going to Photoshop. I was going to do a roster picture from. Western Kentucky, and then I was going to Photoshop a referee in it <laughs> as, like, the picture. That would have been – that's pretty good. I was going yeah. – my original plan was I wanted to see if I could find a way to get a gif of that scene from Batman and Robin where he pulls the rubber lips off his face. Oh, yeah. Because we were making that joke uh, a couple weeks ago. But anyway, um, I, I like what I did better. Yeah, no, it's pretty funny. I laughed out loud. <laughs> I LOL'd. IRL. LOL'd IRL. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so we'll go ahead and wrap it up then. Thank you again for listening to another edition of the Conference USA Underdog Podcast. Uh, make sure you're following at Underdog Dynasty on Twitter. Like us on Facebook as well. And then obviously read underdogdynasty.com. Um, put a lot of work into that, previewing all the G5 football action across the country. Um, follow Satchel and myself on Twitter as well. I am at J-O-E-H-I-O underscore. Satchel is at Z-I-F-F underscore 15. Um, if there's nothing else, Satchel, what is your sign-off line for this week? I can't even think of one. I, yeah. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Stay cool. Happy football watching, everybody. 
Thank you.